Views expressed on this program are those of the sponsors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Indices mentioned are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Asset allocation and diversification strategies cannot assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Capital Retirement Strategies and Cambridge Investment Research are not affiliated. We are working. We are. We are on. All right. Welcome to Plan for Life Now, episode number 41. Ah. Episode 41. We're chugging along to 50. And you know what? I think we've got new motivation to do these. Because people are telling us they're actually listening. We've had a rash of people listening. I think in the last week we've had three different clients tell us i love the podcast i actually it's, listen to it it's fantastic it gives us incentive to do that that's the only thing that's going to push us forward is <laughs> well i mean having something good to talk about helps yeah well I, we really don't do these when we have nothing to talk about nowadays we have yeah. to have something and then we do it i think today's is actually falls like sometimes it's just our musings right which are worth something but today's actually educational yeah. I think this is Financial Educational Podcast Day. I think this one's actually a useful one. Um, and what we wanted to talk about today are something that's called QCDs. And I think we've sort of talked about it before, but really wanted to talk about this. QCDs are Qualified Charitable Distributions. And if any of you out there are over the age of 70 and a half and are charitably inclined... You know, donating a few bucks to charity here and there. This is something you need to pay attention to. Okay, so most of us know that when you hit that magical age of seventy and a half, you have to start taking money out of your IRAs. Right, the required minimum distributions. That's it. And the IRS is very strict about this. They they don't let you get away with not doing it or slip by or anything like that. It's one of the biggest questions we get is, how do we get out of doing that? <laughs> hey, I don't want to do that. Well, you don't have a choice. And there's no way of getting out of it. Yeah. I wish there were. We'd have you know people lined up around the block. Right? Oh, yeah. If we could figure out a way to not do that. But no, you have to take your RMDs. There's no way to get around that. Um, but you are allowed to donate those RMDs to charity, right? Now, why this is a big deal, we'll go into that detail in a minute, but this was something that was allowed in the past, but Congress, in their infinite wisdom, would always wait until December to say, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and allow this again for this year. Right? And it was year after year. It was, well, maybe we will, maybe we won't. Okay, it's December, so now we'll do it. Right. And then, not last December, but the one before, they said, okay, that's it. This is final. You can definitely do this. You can make 
charitable contributions of your RMDs each year. So on the surface, first of all, that helped advisors, accountants, clients, everybody just plan a lot better because we didn't right. have this up in the air. Are we going to be able to do it or not? So what does this look like and why could it be helpful? Well, let's say that your RMD for this year is $20,000, right? And if you're somebody who's turning 70 and a half this year, I probably should have done the math on this, but that's probably you have a, an IRA of what, $700,000, somewhere around there. I don't know. I can't do that <laughs> you didn't math do so the math quickly either, because I I didn't do the math. But yeah, but that's probably sure. Let's, about let's right. say that. So you're required to do twenty thousand dollars. Take that out sometime in that calendar year. Uh, what this allows you to do is donate a portion of this to charity, right? And you might say, well, what's the point? I right. donate money to charity already anyway. Well, here's where this could really come into play with the new tax laws. Normally, when you donate money to charity, you take that as a deduction, as an itemized deduction on your taxes. So what we've seen with the new tax law is that itemized deductions are going to be more limited than they have been in the past. Right. And particularly with clients who live in the Maryland, Virginia, D.C. area – where we have pretty high state and real estate taxes. So as most of you know who've reviewed the new tax law, the SALT taxes, this is the the great acronym they give them, the state and local taxes, the SALT taxes are limited to $10,000. For a lot of us that live in Montgomery County, Fairfax County, the district, your property taxes are... Five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars a year, and then if you're paying state taxes on top of that, right. you're not getting a full deduction for all that money. So my point in saying all of this is that there are going to be a lot more people than before who are not going to be itemizing deductions, and especially when we talk about clients in retirement who have paid off their mortgage, right. Because, I mean, a lot of people... Yeah, a lot of them are going to fall into not itemizing anymore the way they... And I should know this better. What's the thing that's the personal exemption? Or something's doubling. Standard deduction. Standard deduction, right? Yeah. So, for married filing jointly, the standard... You know, they've changed everything. You don't have personal exemptions anymore. Um, You just have a standard deduction. And for married filing jointly, that's $24,000. So... If you're taking a standard deduction and you're making contributions to charity, you're not really getting any tax benefit to that. But if you decide to make that distribution out of your IRA as part of your RMD, then all of a sudden you are getting the tax benefit for that. So that that would be a big incentive to set that up. Right. Now, as far as a logistical question um, – you know, some people will ask us, well, you know, how does this work? Can I do it as a one-time thing? Can I do it as a monthly? You can set it up any way that you want. Um, you know, I know our back office, we've set it up for some people monthly, set it up for some of them once a year. Some people just want to do it, you know, on demand whenever they want. So it, it kind of depends on the institution that's holding your IRA, you know, whether or not how they actually approach it. Um, One more point that I wanted to make on this 
is you say, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe you're not taking a standard deduction. Maybe you still are itemizing. You say, well, what's, what's really the point in making these charitable distributions directly from my IRA? Well, what it's going to allow you to do is actually lower your adjusted gross income. Now, why would that be a big deal? Well, there can be cases where having that lower adjusted gross income can result in you paying less for things like Medicare. So there are certain thresholds right, for, right. based on your income, how much you pay for Medicare. Yeah. So um, that could be another situation where you say, gosh, I'd be better off getting my adjusted gross income lower rather right. than taking This should be something away. you should play around with with your CPA. Yeah. Or yourself if you're good at playing around with the software to sort of figure out what the benefit is. Absolutely. For you. All right. So if you think this might be something that fits your situation or you're just not sure, I mean, just reach out to us and, and we can take a look and say, okay, yeah, it might make sense for you to donate some of your RMD rather than donating that with after cash or after tax cash. Um, wanted to shift gears and talk about something, Dave, that you, an article you brought to my attention. Um, now, this one's not from our good friend. Not from our good friend. <laughs> not from Barry. No. Uh, but from another esteemed columnist, uh, right. Stephen Perlstein. Stephen Perlstein, who I think retired from the Washington Post, but he occasionally writes a, uh, an article well. when he feels like it. <laughs> he doesn't write all the time anymore for the Post in the... Uh, in the the business section or whatever, but when he feels like it, he writes, and I thought what he wrote was extremely interesting. Yeah, I think he knocked it out of the park with this one, because maybe he's been taking all that pent-up non-writing and put it into this one. Something like that. It's his little thesis, negative thesis on what may happen out there. (laughs) So he starts the article by talking about taking us back to those wonderful days of 2006-2007. You guys remember that? Everything was good. Everything, credit was easy. You could uh, you could work at McDonald's, make $20,000 a year, buy a house for a million dollars, refinance a couple months later, take some money out. It was fantastic. Right. Until it wasn't, and the global economy almost crashed. Um, and that was, the story of that was obviously consumer debt. The consumers were taking on more and more debt. And there's actually been a lot of good uh, data that consumers have been reducing their overall debt. You know, not just in mortgages, but um, you know, credit cards and other things like that. His focus of this article is about corporate debt and about how corporations have been using this latest boom and coupling that with the tax cuts and some of the one-time repatriation of assets, they have been using this to buy shares back of companies rather than taking that money and building new plants, new factories, hiring new people. Right. First, it was the easy money that corporations got with the low interest rates, and now it's the fuel on the fire tax cut, which the bulk of it, um, as we talked in the first part of the show about, hey, how come we have the these deductions taken away from us. Well, it's to pay for this corporate tax cut. Right. And the corporations, now what they said, the administration said that corporations will now use this to increase wages and hire more people 
and help the uh, you know and hire more factory stuff and right or, and all that stuff. Well, it doesn't at least so far. I mean, for the impact of the tax cuts, it's really hard to see the data on that yet. But the past several years, that's not what corporations have been doing. Um, you know, capital expenditure spending is still down from previous levels, you know, as a percentage of overall revenues, um, you know, it's still down 10 or 15% from where it was in 2007, 2008. So it really hasn't recovered to that level. And in this article, uh, Pearlstein references this rise in corporate debt. And when you take a look at some of these numbers, I was, you know, going through this and I was just saying to you, I mean, this is some some heavy stuff, this article. And I'll post the, the link down yeah. here below. Um, but he's got some really good charts in here. Um, you know, when he talks about, you know, the total outstanding credit um, as a percentage of GDP. So if you go back to 1950s, the total corporate debt was around 30% of GDP. Now, right, you know, right now we're at about 73% of our overall GDP. Wow. Um, and then, you know, you, you can make arguments that there are good reasons for companies taking on debt. But like I said, it's not like they're taking on debt to build these factories and to hire people and to innovate no. and research. No, products. he's saying they're taking on the debt to pay CEOs more money yep. and to pay other, <laughs> you know, to pay more money to shareholders. Exactly. As well, to get people to you know want to invest in their stock and to pay out more money in dividends and and stuff and, like that. And um, just to take it one step further, because you of course could look at this and say, well, they're taking on this debt, but you know these corporations are you know financially strong. They've got good balance sheets. You know, not worried about them taking on this debt. And sure, there are plenty of examples of that. But there's also a very high percentage of these lower credit quality, you can call them junk companies, the junk bonds, issuing debt. And right. the, the marketplace is willing to absorb it. So he's got some charts in here showing the percentage of high yield or, or junk debt relative to overall. That's increased pretty dramatically over the past couple of years. Um, you know, my question when I got done reading this is, you know, what's going to be the catalyst or what's going to trip up the economy that to the point where you're going to start to see some of these companies default right well before you get to that there's another assumption that he makes Mm -hmm. which is basically is that he's basically just assuming that the whole trump tax cut will just go towards more of the same like you said, we haven't really seen the effect oh, of yeah. that yet at all. He's assuming that's going to happen. That it's just going to add fuel to this corporate debt fire, like right. putting ga- you know lighter fluid on charcoals that are already yeah. hot and ready to go. Yeah. So I, that's an assumption that's being I think made. That's a pretty safe assumption. Well, it but- is. I would think it is true. But assuming that, then we're just in a, in a scenario where all, what can happen? You never know what the trigger is going to be. Right. To, no, to, to any time that you have a bubble burst. Yeah, but you know he's making the point that, that this time around, and you know we always try to stress with people that there will be a next time. <laughs> um, maybe it is corporate debt. Maybe you know who knows what it could be. But when it happens again, it's going to be pretty painful because now the, the corporate debt that's out there is so much more than it has been. Um, he makes another point about the, the money 
that is held, you know, how the bonds are actually held. Um, and, you know, we've talked about how you can own things in funds or ETFs right. or directly. And the percentage of that that's in things like ETFs that trade all day long is very high. Well, if you can trade these things all day long, buy them and sell them and, and all that, it can lead to much increased volatility. And we've talked in the past about how you know computer algorithms are, are in charge of the vast majority of trading that's out there today. And when you have some sort of event trigger selling, it can just cascade on itself and you have more and more selling. You know, just painting right. a picture of certainly what could happen in an event like this. Right. So what I thought it was interesting because, A, I really do think everybody's getting complacent. Yeah. You know, we talk about this a lot with clients and on this, these podcasts, quite frankly. But you get complacent when things go up and up and up. And when they go down, it's not that big a deal. And everybody, oh, I'm fine. Everyone's like, oh, I'm so fine with the right. last last time it dipped i was fine yeah it dipped for a while and then you know but to be prepared for the next crash emotionally is really i don't even think i don't even believe people no offense to people <laughs> i just don't believe them i don't believe people are ready for i don't i mean people are upset when the market's gone down three or four percent yeah in a quarter let alone a 30% year that could be down or 25% followed by a 10% just a real recession and a real bear market and yeah. a, a down that we're probably due for and this could be one of many reasons but it's really and I think that's where advisors us included will have our metal tested yep the stock market going up our metal is not really tested no that's easy um, to deal with it's easy to deal with <laughs> and sometimes a few clients are upset they didn't go up enough yeah that's easy to deal with. Um, but when it really goes down, that's did you put together a plan that addresses that? Mm-hmm. Our clients are, I feel our clientele is an extremely bright group. Um, and then they have a lot of common sense. And they're, but nobody, no matter how bright you are, you see your money go down and you see a, this type of cascading down with no end in sight, which is how these panic little things go for a while. You're going to ask questions, and those questions are, you know, what's my situation, and did we prepare for this? Um, And that goes for a lot of you listening or clients. You sort of know this because we talk about it all the time. I think for new people out there, by people I mean maybe you're seeing a financial advisor for the first time or you're getting near retirement, um, I still think it comes down to the same thing. I think it comes down to pension versus no pensions, all this money in 401ks. Um, talking about people without pensions for the most part right before not knowing how this all works you need to really if you only relying on social security and your 401k um, you need to be sophisticated in the planning for something like this or it can really have a lasting impact an impact that you can't recover from Um, i find that to be the most dangerous thing part of it out there absolutely But like anything else you know it's one thing to just to, there's these warning signs and often no matter how compelling or well thought out or well researched a warning is it never almost always never happens like that no, you, you read a be. narrative that could take years to be right. in the making it could be off a little bit sure and it won't be exactly like that but you know what's the the saying history doesn't repeat itself but it rhymes 
you know, it'll yeah. it'll be similar, but it'll be some version of that. Yeah, so I think we all need to remember that these things can happen, and uh, I thought that article, and maybe you should just click that on. Yep, it's a reminder I'll put it of right that. below there. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll check back in again soon. <laughs>